Ok. J'ai demandé à Scred de faire une instru simple. Parce que je vais dire des trucs. You're listening to the 405 Exchange podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Oil Sun. You know, this is really interesting. I could be wrong about this, so if I am, I apologize. But I think this is a first for this artist. I think this will be the first interview that he's done uh, in audio in the States. I mean, he told me that after we were, did this talk. But anyway, you should be excited because along with being an immensely talented individual, he's also a very creative one. Um, he's a prominent rapper in France. He's done a lot of amazing projects over the years. Uh, I was really keen to talk to him after a friend of mine pitched him to me and I got to check him out and yeah, I mean, he's worked with Strome, Abey, so many amazing artists. Um, I highly recommend you check out the music video for the tune that's blaring right now as I'm talking. Oh, that's for the tune Basic. And yeah, it's honestly one of the best music videos you could check out. Go check that out. But yeah, uh, this is a talk with just a truly great guy. And yeah, enjoy. This is a 405 exchange with Oral Sun. Enjoy. Sans personne possède la moitié des richesses du globe. Simple. Tu seras toujours à un ou deux numéros d'avoir le quintet dans l'or. Basic. Si t'es souvent seul avec tes problèmes, c'est parce que souvent le problème c'est toi. Simple. Toutes les générations disent que celle d'après fait n'importe quoi. Cliché. Basic. Simple. Simple. Basic. Basic. So it's always helpful to start in the beginning and I mean obviously there's so many people back in Europe who know about you but there's a handful of Americans who are definitely listening to you right now and Canadians as well. Yeah. So I'd love for them to get a bit of the story like mm -hmm. when did music start for you? I started rapping when I was like 15 years old yeah. but uh, just doing freestyle like being drunk with my friends and just doing like improv or whatever doing yeah. freestyling. But it really started being serious when I was maybe 21. I started recording songs. And when um, I used to live in the States, one year I studied in uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I studied in Tampa Bay one year. I came here to study marketing. Yeah. And um, so when I. I spent the whole year like kind of by myself in the States yeah, yeah. and uh, I did like my first songs that were actually good. At first I wanted to be a producer. It was like when the Neptunes and Timberland were huge and me and Squid, my producer, we were like, ah, oh, we should do this kind of uh, producer's duo in France. Yeah. But uh, I also rapped on the side, and so uh, my friends, uh, Abla and Scred, who are my producers still, they told me, man, it's better when you rap than when you make beats. <laughs> maybe you should focus on the, on the, on the singing, rapping part. It's great and, that you had that love of honesty from them. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, but to me, I was just doing it for fun at first and like being, I don't know, being from, I'm from like the, it's not exactly the countryside, but it's like a small town in France. I'm from Normandy. It's like a, a hundred thousand people. So it would be if I was like from, I don't know, Columbus in the States or, yeah. or like New Jersey or, New, but and so I didn't really like believe I could make something, and it was like in 2005, and it's the time when uh, MySpace was created. So I started making my own home videos, my first uh, 
videos. We used to call it like fifty dollars uh, videos, <laughs> and uh, and so we did a we did like I released maybe like ten songs, and we did maybe like six videos, and like three of them went really viral. It was like in two thousand six or seven. Yeah. And I was like one of the biggest uh, French MySpace, so so this is how I got known. Yeah. I signed to a record label. I released my first album in uh, 2009. That was called Perdu d'avance, which means uh, already lost. Yeah. And I was just rapping about like, because I, I, I was working in a hotel for three years. I couldn't find a job. I was rapping about like having problems with girls. I was rapping about yeah being on the dole and and drinking too much. Yeah. <laughs> so All relatable yeah. problems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this was really like a, this was really like a different album um, for back in the days. And I've always like really liked uh, American rap and uh, English rap, like uh, grime music from the UK. Yeah. So my music is like a mix between my French uh, French rap and my French point of view. And so I did uh, I did the album I released uh, a year ago is my third solo album. And I, I directed a movie two years ago and I had a, a TV show that was called uh, Bloqué in which I was with my with my uh, how do we say my sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, so now, yeah, this album really worked well in France. It's uh, it went diamond, and uh, I'm here. Yeah, we should point out to people listening how I mean, it's rare for that to happen in the U.S., but it's even doubly rare for that to happen in France for an album to get that type of notoriety. Yeah, exactly. Like that. And what I love so much, like jumping into the album, is that so much of it has very real stories. So I think what's interesting with like pop music and electronic music, music that gets popular, yeah. is that people forget in terms of songwriting, you can have very real, relatable stories in them. Yeah. Was that a bit of like the goal when it came to doing the actual lyrics for the album? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I don't know. I was trying to, I was trying to write stuff where people can rely on and people that can they can relate so um, I was like what's happening in my life I'm I'm get, I'm over 30 now uh, what do I feel about like the world around me what do I want to tell and so for example I have this song called uh, not pour trop tard which means notes for too late which is kind of a which is kind of a letter to, to younger self like I'm talking to me when I was 15 giving me advices it's like a 7 minutes long and I wanted to make an album more positive because I used to be like really cynical and really like joking about everything yeah. and on this album I have like my first true love song you know <laughs> as really talking about love and not something strange I have yeah this this song in which I'm, I'm giving advices to my younger self and uh, yeah I feel like this album is has a lot of stories that's really great you know um, you know one of the things that really struck with me with the album um, especially getting to live with it and I really do respect this about you is the fact that the music doesn't exist in just one particular genre yeah and 
even with the songs that sound quite more electronic based, mm -hmm. it is overall like a very organic album too. Like there's a lot of oh, organic thanks. textures and sounds going on. Thank you so much. Yeah, I wonder like, would you say that was an obvious route for you? Or like, is it always second nature to make sure there's like all these different sounds going on or is it difficult doing that? It's, it's at the same time, uh, normal and at the same time difficult because uh, for example I've been rapping for like uh, 20 years almost and now like the most rap I listen to is trap music and I'm like I want to be influenced by what I listen to because it's the stuff I like but I don't want to be like uh, a French version of uh, Migos because that's not me of course yeah, you, you know? don't want to be chasing something that's disingenuous yeah exactly so I'm like how am I gonna use this kind of patterns for the flow and this kind of for example like most of the songs on the album they are around like 120 bpms 130 which is like the bpms for the trap so it allows me to use this kind of flows and at the same time change the drum patterns yeah. and so i just mix i'm also really into like folk music and i don't know bon ever james blake so i'm like how am i gonna put this in like 50 percent of myself i feel like that comes across on the record like those influences more like Bonavera and uh, james blake because what surprises me is it feels like you very much considered how someone would listen to the album like how they would take it in yeah and i know it sounds almost weird to say this but i feel like a lot of musicians don't consider that element that someone has to live with this yeah <laughs> i wonder like going back to that idea of an organic sound and utilizing that what do you say when it came to this album you know your third record was that a bit of a goal in some ways yeah exactly i i work with screed he makes like most of the beats on the album i also worked with stromai and uh, faz and at first we were like trying to find the genre but it never happens like you can we're not making commercials i mean you can like have a brief for the whole album, it never works. So at one point we just went in the studio and in order to have like one song I like, we have to make like five or six songs. And <laughs> at some point you're like, okay, this is good. We should go deeper in that way. And, uh, and but I listen to a lot also of electronic music. So I'm just trying to, for example, the song Basic. Yeah. It's like, I also listen to a lot of African music because in France we have like a lot of mix between rap and African drums and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, we wanted to, to put all this and make it work. For example, the song Basic, that was maybe the, the biggest hit on the album. Yeah. It's, uh, I had this idea, like, when I told Squid, it was so complicated. I, I told him, I want to make a song where every sentence is like so logical, it becomes absurd. <laughs> and I'm, I might be like, this is basic, this is basic. So he started to, to play some drums and I was like, I would love it if we had like a UK feeling to the, to the bass. And, so I started to make some drums and I started to just put sentences together. It does have that, that song, it has that drum and bass feel to it. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. of the... Yeah. And so, for example, that song, before releasing it, we were just like, we don't know if it's any good. <laughs> 
Well, it's funny. I actually really wanted to ask you about that song because, yeah, obviously it's a year old, but I think what's interesting is that song is still a lot of people's entryway into your music. And yeah. um, I wonder, because as well as the song, there's also the amazing video that goes along with it. Yeah, thank you. Me and my girlfriend were watching it a few days ago, and I remember we spent like a good 30 minutes after talking, going like, how did they make this video? Yeah. So now that you're sat here, how did you make that video? And also, did the video live up to what you envisioned? Yeah. Exactly, it's a, a, a duo of uh, directors that made it called uh, Greg and Yo. And uh, since Basic has this uh, military kind of stuff uh, in the rhythm, like and since I'm like talking to the people, telling them, yo, you need to, you need to learn your basics. You need to eat your vegetables. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they had this idea of uh, doing a scene like in that movie, a Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, that's fun. Let's do that. But what would be crazy is if it's like it never stops. So we came, we came with this idea, and so they started, they started like calculating how many people, how many extras do we need? And they were like, okay, if we put one guy every meter, it's gonna be like 350. Or like 350, how are we gonna pay 350 people? It's over budget. Yeah, already? Yeah, so we went to Ukraine. Ah. <laughs> we went to Kiev, yeah. where the extras are, are less paid, which is unfortunate, but allowed us to make the, to make the, the, the video. And so, uh, the thing is that they are, so I'm walking, we, it took us like one day just to figure like who will do what and just me to, to have the good tempo because I have to walk like at a certain tempo so we see the people and there's one guy holding a drone but he's holding it like the whole video and at the end he just uh, turns it on and makes it fly. Which is a very tricky thing to do for people listening because basically to make it seem that seamless where it's like released from his hand. I was wondering that, to make it release from his hand and go in the air. Exactly. Very hard to do. Yeah. So this is why uh, Greg and Leo are great directors. They they used like the fact that the drone stabilizes the picture really well. They used it as if it was Dolly and then they, they had the idea to turn it on at the end of the the traveling so this is what made the thing really cool <laughs> and then like how do you like because i imagine people often bring this video up to you like how do you feel about it after the fact like so much time has passed i'm, I'm so happy uh, and what's crazy is that in france you had so many people like using the video to protest for example you had like a lawyer strike and so the lawyers did like the basic video you had the <laughs> feminist movement who really took the basic video and they just add their own basics you know yeah so i didn't know that that's amazing yeah we we posted on, on facebook like uh, a compilation of like uh, every uh, basic video people made and it's uh, it's funny yeah there were like more than i don't know 30 40 uh, big things that's really incredible. Even people in retirement, home, and stuff like this. That's really lovely. Yeah. Uh, 
Do you know what? Like, I really wanted to ask you about um, this tour that you're on. You're here in the States on a U.S. tour. Yeah. Is it your first proper U.S. tour? Have you toured it first, before? First. Uh, Boston was my first gig in the U.S. ever. Oh. Yeah, I'm so happy. I know last night you played Irving Plaza. One of the things I kept hearing about it, I noticed as well, is the fact that it's really incredible that it's not only French people or only Haitian or only people from Montreal come to the shows. It's also people, just Americans. Yeah, it's crazy. What is that like? I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy and uh, I need to because I thought there would be like only French people yeah. but there are maybe like 10% of Americans and people that don't speak French yeah so I need to adapt my show man I need to like <laughs> explain the songs before and do more English uh, I need to speak English more during the show but um, yeah I'm so happy about that because I'm I don't know it's like a dream come true and I was I was talking to some people who didn't speak French yesterday and I was telling them, wasn't it like too long or boring? And they were like, you know, when we go see even like uh, English speaking people, you don't hear well uh, live, so it doesn't change much, you uh, know? Oh yeah, that's good But point. like if you go to see like a pop band, you won't obviously know what they say all the time. So they're like, we're trying to figure, to imagine, I try to make the most, the more gestures I can. Like it's almost like for. Uh, well, you brought up Stormé earlier, and I remember a couple years back, uh, back in 2015, I was talking to him about this as well because yeah. he was doing his first wave of U.S. shows, and you. I remember him being a little frustrated because it was mostly French people coming to the shows at first, but then mm -hmm. it changed over time. Yeah, this is what he told me. He told me first there's going to be like. A lot of French people, and usually they come with their one American friend. Yes, the one friend from the office. Exactly, yeah. exactly, to show them like the culture, <laughs> and then, and then next time you come back and they they bring more Americans, and if you do the work, like people, I know I'm never gonna be like mainstream in the U.S. with uh, French songs, but uh, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> but, who and knows? I mean. And uh, I mean, you can like some people just like the thing. Well, I did a little tour in the U.S. with the movie I directed like uh, three years ago. Yeah. And it was mainly like uh, American people, but that were fond of uh, French cinema. Ah, yeah. Yeah, which is. I mean, people. it's helpful. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like it was like maybe 200 people every city. That's Even cool. in Minneapolis. Yeah, which you wouldn't really expect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to ask you about uh, the shows in France and Europe, though, because obviously they're much bigger, there's production. Yeah. And I really wanted to know about um, what was it like for you to construct a live show with this album in mind? Because something that I love as a music fan is that every album changes the live show. Yeah. So what was that like, making this album? I'm trying to... It's always hard to choose the songs. And I'm, to me, I play with a band on stage because... When I go to see a show, I'm bored, like, very fast. <laughs> yeah. Every time. So, I mean, I'm, for example, I saw Kendrick Lamar, and I wasn't bored, because his show is amazing, or James Blake, his show is amazing, I don't get bored. But, 80% of the time, I, I get easily bored. So, I'm like, okay, how do we make it so that people don't get bored? So, usually, the first verse sounds like the album, and then we go somewhere else, you know. We try to, to surprise people to go like, we always think about it like a roller coaster. We're, yeah. we're like, okay, now we're here, how do we go there? How do we, 
And so we work with musicians and I make sure that if I like rap for 10 minutes then I, I interact with the audience and everything so but when we play in, uh, in France we have like big screens and mechanical stuff that goes up and down yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah but this is what's fun to tour in America because uh, we can do like in the beginning just be here play music and and have fun. And that's probably quite a, like affirming for you as the musician because to play shows in this way when it's kind of scaled back, I guess it reminds you that the songs do work. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's so, so great that, that sometimes you just have, yeah, the songs work and I do a little more jokes, like I talk more with the audience and yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, I only have a couple of questions for you. I really wanted to ask you about some uh, individual songs because uh, you collaborate with some amazing talents on this album. We already brought him earlier, uh, Stromek. Yeah. And he's featured on one of the songs. Uh, what was it like to work with him? Because he's such an amazing talent, obviously. He's a genius. Uh, I met him because I, I was a fan, actually. Yeah. So I was like, uh, we played in the same festival. I'm, I knew some guys who knew him. I was like, ah, oh, can I meet him? I love his music. I used to love his first album. And so we met, and on his second records, on his second record, um, he had to finish it because he released two songs that were such big hits that he had to release the album earlier. Oh, shit. And he asked me to help him to finish some verses. Like, uh, he had to help him finish, uh, finish some verses. So I worked a little on Racine Carré's album. And then... Not uh, bad, smash hit album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I helped him on, on like three, three songs. And so then, uh, when I made my album, I, I called him and I was like, "Man, we have to to do something for my album." And so he did the uh, one beat and he uh, sang with me on the song uh, "La Pluie." That's beautiful. Thanks so much for chatting with me. Thank I'm you really very much, man. To, I'm so happy. I'm sorry we have to. No. Les plus intelligents sont pas toujours ceux qui parlent le mieux. Simple. Plus hommes politiques doivent mentir, sinon tu voterais pas pour eux. Basique. Si tu dis souvent que t'as pas de problème avec l'alcool, c'est que t'en as.